Welcome to the Parents at Work podcast, a podcast for parents who want to succeed at work while also raising children. My name is Lori Mahalik-Levin, and I am joining you today from sunny and very hot Washington, D.C. It's April, and it sort of feels like it got hot very, very quickly, and then it's going to be freezing. So typical for this part of the year. Um, I am a healthcare lawyer, founder of a program called Mindful Return that helps employers retain their new parent top talent. And I'm mama to two wonderful redheaded boys who are now ages 10 and 12. I am joined today by my co-host and amazing husband, Jason Levin. Hello, Jason. Thank you, amazing co-host, Lori Mahalik-Levin, an amazing wife. Pleasure to be with you on the Parents at Work podcast. Yes, it is warm in Washington, D.C. today, and uh, a thrill that we get a chance to uh, focus on uh, the uh, moms in professional development, where we did the uh, dad episode recently. I'm the founder of Ready, Set, Launch LLC, where I'm a keynote speaker, trainer, and coach. I advise executives on how to grow their professional services practice and make intentional career transitions. My debut book, Relationships to Infinity, The Art and Science of Keeping in Touch, is available on Amazon and wherever you find books online. So I'll let you uh, begin the introductions, our wonderful guests. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, so if you haven't yet tuned in to our episode of Dads in Professional Development, please do check that out. There are two awesome guests. Neil Dennis and Josh Troy, who talked about their working parent experiences. And today we are here with two amazing moms, Aisha Green and Stephanie Felder, who are here to share their stories with you. Aisha Green is the Director of Attorney Development and Training at Cadwallader, Wickersham, and Taft LLP. In her role, she oversees firm professional development programming, including the formal assignment systems, partner and associate mentoring programs, upward and downward attorney performance evaluations, diversity programs, pro bono and corporate social responsibility initiatives, and all formal training and continuing legal education programs. Aisha lives in Brooklyn, New York with her husband and her two daughters. Over to you, Jason, to introduce our second mom, Stephanie. Stephanie Felder has over 15 years of experience in attorney professional development at two AmLaw 100 firms. In her current role at Groom Law Group, she's responsible for creating a comprehensive training and development curriculum for all attorneys at Groom and developing and overseeing the execution of strategies related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Stephanie lives in Richmond, Virginia with her husband, Zach, eight-year-old daughter, Leah, and five-year-old son, Ryan. Welcome, Stephanie. Welcome, Stephanie. Welcome, Aisha. Let's kick it off with your own personal stories. Aisha, if you wouldn't mind going first, please tell us your personal working parent story and journey, and do fill us in on the current ages of your daughters. I forgot to ask that before we read the bio. Thank you so much for um, inviting me to join the podcast, first of all. And um, I am the mom of two wonderful daughters, Hayden, who is 10, and Clark, who is 13. So I didn't put them in my bio because I knew that the ages would be changing. We just celebrated two birthdays in the household. So, Happy birthday. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So I actually um, began my career in the law as a practicing attorney. I graduated from law school and practiced leverage finance at an AmLaw 100 firm. And during that time, I had my first child, who's now 13. So I was a mid-level associate with a little one, navigating that space and navigating that world. I had my second child 
when I became a professional development professional. And so I had kind of both sides, what it was like to have a little one while practicing and what it's like to have one now in this career. And I feel like it's been very helpful to me in my position because one of the things that I really love to do is to coach parents, particularly first-time parents and associates on navigating the space of work life and family life and how to have a vibrant career while being a parent. And I bring it to them, not only with what I have seen, but also what I have done. So now I'm navigating the world with a tween and also with a teenager. So prayers and love are always appreciated. Amazing. Thank you, Aisha. Our boys, as I said, are 10 and 12. And so I feel like we are very much in similar life stages. And they both recently had birthdays. So we've done the change of age thing here, too. I um, love that you have been able to channel the passions that you have for mentoring directly into your role in your work world. And I wrote down the words vibrant career. We're going to stick with that theme for sure. Stephanie, over to you. What is your personal working parent journey? Thanks so much, Lori. And I, I definitely echo what Aisha said about all the, the prayers and support. I think that that's always going to be necessary for working parents. I originally joined a law firm fresh out of undergrad with an HR degree. So I came at my career in professional development a little bit differently from Aisha. I started as a CLE coordinator, not even knowing what CLE meant or what it was, and worked my way up into a management role. After I had been in law firms for about six years, I had my daughter and was a working manager of PD at that time, and then was promoted to director right before I had my second child, Ryan. So I have been in a staff position throughout the growth of my family in law firms, which I think was really kind of a little bit different than the experience you get when you go through as an attorney. So Aisha, I'd love to hear kind of your contrasts there. But I really, really felt very lucky and supported throughout most of my career because I've always had fantastic bosses and mentors. So that really had made it easy for me to start my family when I wanted to and how I wanted to. And it really has been not only challenging to be a a working parent, but also the most rewarding thing that I think I could have done in my life. Beautiful. Thank you, Stephanie. Let's stick with you for a moment. I know that it can be hard to generalize, but you know, if you can think about being a parent in professional development, how would you describe what it's like to be a parent in PD specifically these days? You know, I think that specifically in legal professional development, you actually get a lot of training at some of the skills you need in parenting by working in this field. There is a lot of coaching and hand-holding and supporting that goes along with the role of professional development leadership. And so those skill sets, I think, actually really helped me in my role as a mom. Being able to manage my time, being able to be flexible, and being uh, willing to learn and grow 
those are exactly the same skill sets that you need to be a good parent. And so I actually think that being in professional development prepared me for parenthood way more than I ever could have imagined. That's amazing. And not often what we hear from folks on this podcast who say, my career actually prepared me to do that thing with my kids. <laughs> um, sometimes, and we'll talk about this, it's the inverse, but that, that's fantastic. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, back over to you, Aisha, if you could tell us what it's like to be a parent in PD. And then I would also like to follow that thread that Stephanie brought up about the contrast between having a child when you were an attorney and having an, a, a child when you were in your PD role. Let's start with what it's like to be a parent in PD first. Sure. Um, so Stephanie really hit the nose on the head about the skills that you need in the job that help you with parenting. Time management, conflict management. At its core, professional development is really just a fancy term for people management, for human resource management. And I think people often forget that that's what we are at the core, human resources professionals who are focused on specific areas in our institutions. So in my daily job, I have to deal with conflict management, people management, time issues, dealing with difficult situations, and having to sometimes share difficult information, but in a positive way. I mean, that's what it is to be a parent. In terms of the contrast between being a parent and PD, and being a parent as you know an associate, I would say the biggest contrast for me is probably understanding my schedule. In my current role, I work a ton, but it's somewhat more predictable than when I was an associate. Um, though I work probably more hours, arguably, in my current role in professional development that I did as an associate, I know when it's coming, generally. As an associate, and especially as a junior to mid-level associate when I had my first child, it was really difficult to understand when workflow would come in um, and what the expectations were on a daily basis. That was the hardest thing to grapple with and is one of the things that I try my best to coach associates around managing the unpredictable. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. And we can go into a whole thread maybe later about how one deals with the unpredictable. So let, let's come back to that theme. But I want to go over to Jason uh, to ask our next question. Thanks, Lori. And I, and I love how we're already starting with, with Aisha talking about the importance of prayers and love for all parents. I think that's a, a great way to ground things and the things that we need to work on and deal with. And uh, And she hit the nail on the head in talking about dealing with difficult situations and conflict and passing out information that's hard and that relationship between what that looks like at work and what that looks like uh, with your children. And I love how Stephanie's talking about how she herself has learned and grown. Uh, and I feel that we all do that as parents, that like our kids are such great teachers uh, of ourselves. So I want to start with Stephanie. When we think about the important supports that you have in the workplace, Stephanie, what did you find particularly helpful as you became a working parent? Well, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Lori's return to work program because I did participate in that after I had my first child. So even though it's been almost nine years since I had my daughter, I still think about those calls where 
new moms all got on and shared tips and tricks and advice and words of support. It's truly an unvaluable thing to have other moms in the same kind of phase of parenthood as you right when you're going through it for the first time. So that was wonderful thing that my firm offered. I took advantage and it is a really fantastic program. So kudos to Lori on that. Thank you, Stephanie. Very kind. Of course. It's totally true. The other two things that I think really made an impact for me personally was having a quote unquote mom mentor. I had a partner in my law firm at the time when I had my daughter who was just really supportive. She called me on my first day back to the office and checked in. She was the one who encouraged me with my breastfeeding journey and really made it possible for me to see that someone in a fast-paced, high-stress career really can do these things, that it's not impossible to make it through that first six months or the first year. The other thing that really helped me was my boss. And I I think this is true in any role, any challenge that you face. If you have a supportive supervisor who gives you space and flexibility to figure out how to navigate what you're going through, you're much more likely to be successful, whether that's with parenting or a medical issue or any other life challenge that you may be going through. A supportive supervisor makes all the difference in the world. You know, Stephanie, I love how you're talking about the different types of people that were there for you at this moment in time. It's community, right? It's, uh, you, know, you, have, you know, you have your community with your boss uh, and then your your allies with other folks that are other moms that are going through a similar phase as you. And then even to have a mom mentor. That's wonderful that you were able to have all these different types of people to support you on your journey. I was super lucky. uh, And I think that that is one of the hardest things is like finding your tribe and finding that group of people who are going to be your sounding board, your venting place and your area for hugs and prayers and love, as Aisha mentioned. Yes. Uh, and uh, let, let's turn to Aisha, because I, I think I think this whole podcast could be about hugs and love and prayers, because as uh, as working parents, I think we all could uh, use that. Same question for you, Aisha. In the workplace, it's important to have that support and to have workplace supports. What did you find particularly helpful as you became a working parent? So when I was listening to Stephanie, I was listening in a little bit of envy. Because on a formal basis, I didn't have that kind of support. But I want to emphasize how informal support can really be magic and why it's important that as professional development leaders, that we take that informal magic and make it available to everyone because it can really help you thrive. So when I was an associate at the time, it was a really special time and a perfect time for me to begin my family. Because in my department, there were four of us women who had newborns or were pregnant. And there were three male junior associates who also had children. You had a whole Um, tribe built in right there in your own group. That's amazing. 
We had a whole tribe built in in our group at all different levels. So our practice group leader was forced, in a way, to consider flexibility because that's what the group makeup was. So when I was junior associate, there was no formal sort of onboarding program for returning parents. There was no formal remote access. But I asked for an accommodation, got it immediately. And when I did my first review after having my child, I said, how has it been with me working remotely? And he said, you're working remotely? <laughs> and I said, yes. <laughs> Love one, that. One day a week. He said, I didn't even notice, right? And so I'm not a spring chicken. This is before people thought about, you know, sort of remote work and the flexibility around it. But I had that in an informal basis. I had lots of support from the more senior women in the group who were either pregnant or had newborns. We supported each other. We jumped in. When something came in on a weekend, we would chat with each other to see who needed help. How can I support you? That informal help really got me through my first year. It, it absolutely did. But in my PD role, what I know is not everyone gets that automatically. So it's really critical that that magic be bottled and given access to everyone. So that's why in my role, we make sure that people have the mentor that Stephanie is talking about, that they have access to the parents group that we've helped to create. Because in order to really have that vibrant career, you're going to need as much support as you can gather. Aisha, that's incredible that you had such a wonderful set of informal relationships all going through the same thing as you were, and that you've taken those learnings into something more formal to help the next generation of parents. That is absolutely fantastic. I also love that you negotiated. You put your hand up and said, here's what I need. You know, I need a day at home and I need flexibility pre you know, the word flexibility being even a discussion. Uh, so kudos to you. Aisha, I want to stay with you. I want to bring out a little bit of the uh, coach in me. And I'm always curious with how people uh, went on their own professional journeys, whether it was in middle school or in high school or in college. Talk about your first job and what you learned from it. My first job was actually working for the Big Apple Games, which is a camp in New York City, a free camp for disadvantaged kids. So I was a counselor. I was 16 and had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but it was a wonderful experience for a number of reasons. One, I was working with children. It really helped me to know how much of an impact we all have on the children and the communities in which we interact. But also, it really helped me with the difficult situations and solving problems. And it also helped me to realize I probably couldn't be a teacher. That's what an incredible self-awareness moment. And I find it fascinating that in our dads in PD, both Josh Troy and Neil Dennis were also camp counselors when they were uh, in we're high school. <laughs> I'm cracking up over here. And, you know, Jason's first job, I think, also was as a camp counselor. Yes. So I've just decided that if you're a camp counselor, your future is in professional and career development. <laughs> Stephanie, we don't mean well, to exclude you, though, if that wasn't your experience. Well, I wasn't a camp counselor, but 
My first job was as an infant room teacher at a daycare. So I very similar. <laughs> I started in childcare. And I don't know if that means uh, maybe we have the patience. Maybe we are gluttons for punishment. Um, either way, it feels like there must be some sort of a theme happening here with childcare and then a path to professional development. Well, you know, you're using the word care. And being a caregiver, I think, is just something that's important when you're thinking about others and helping others and understanding others. How did you get that job, Stephanie? I actually started when I was 14 at a daycare. My sister also worked there who was older, and she got me in as soon as I could get that worker's permit. And I actually worked in child care all the way through my undergraduate degree. So I spent about eight years working in child care full-time while attending college in the evenings. And it definitely taught me a lot about myself, but it also taught me how much I wanted to be a mom. I knew pretty early on that I love being around babies. I still do to this day. I'm one of those people who can't help but smile when I see a little chubby cheek. So I think that it was partly because I knew how much I enjoyed being around babies that I wanted to to stay there and do it for so long. But I think also it was challenging. It wasn't easy and it was more experience in the ultimate goal for me, which was to become a mother. That's wonderful. That's really wonderful. Uh, Lori, next question. Go for it. Yeah. Well, just first, I was reflecting on my first job, which was uh, in the children's room of a public library. And now half my life is law, which is the book part. And the other part half is mindful return, which is the, the kid part. So somehow our first jobs do have influence over the rest of our career, I think. Also, Stephanie, I wanted to note that I think that that passion for the little chubby faces is something we can carry on throughout our lives. And I've decided in my retirement, I want to be a NICU cuddler, like as my volunteer gig. So, you know, maybe we can go do that together in our old age. Oh, my gosh, that would be a dream job for me. I would love it. (laughs) It would be incredible. Okay, we can go do that together. Okay, so earlier, Stephanie, you talked about the fact that the skills that you gained on your job were useful to parenthood. I'm wondering if we can flip that question around and see if there are particular skills that you've gained through parenthood that you've been able to use back on your job. That's a really good question. I think for me, the biggest thing that I've learned through being a parent is patience. I'm not the most patient person. I do have a little bit of a need for instant gratification. I recognize that about myself. I think working in a law firm, a really fast-paced environment, you want to get things done. You want it to happen on your timeline. You want to see that immediate return. And for a child of the 80s, like I really grew up in an age of technology and instant gratification. So learning patience was hard. I won't say it was easy. I think that that was the hardest thing about becoming a mother was recognizing that you can't control every factor of the day anymore. And you have to be flexible. So that flexibility, that kind of creativity to find a different solution or a different path forward when the kids don't want to get in the car or they don't feel like taking a bath, may seem like a little thing in the moment while you're parenting, 
But that same strategy often has helped me when I hit roadblocks in projects or new initiatives of my firms. There's always an alternative path. There's always a different angle that you can take to satisfy the various stakeholders and players within an organization. And I focus much more on that now than I did prior to becoming a parent. That resonates so much. Patience is an ongoing journey. And it sounds like it's patience coupled with creativity um, because you've had to think about all the different ways that you might be able to get the result you want. I love that. And now for a quick note from our sponsor. This episode of the Parents at Work podcast is brought to you by Mindful Return, an employee benefit designed to support new parents through the transition back to work after parental leave. Hi, I'm Lori Mahalik-Levin, CEO and founder of Mindful Return. When I went back to work after maternity leave, twice, after having two sons about two years apart, I realized that I could take a course on any baby-related subject under the sun, from making a birth plan to pumping milk to even pureeing baby food. But I could not find any resources to help me, a grown-up, navigate the personal and professional identity transition into working parenthood. I created Mindful Return to fill this gap. Employers, Mindful Return is a four-week online group-based course that's both really affordable and really effective. Our employee retention statistics among our course alumni are off the charts. Head over to mindfulreturn.com and click on four employers in the navigation tab to learn more about bringing our programs for working parents to your workplace. 75 employers already offer Mindful Return as a parental leave benefit, and we'd love to give you a quick behind-the-scenes tour of our courses. Again, head over to mindfulreturn.com and click on four employers to get in touch. Now back to our episode. Over to you, Aisha. What sort of skills do you think that you've gained through parenthood that are translatable in your work? First of all, Stephanie, 100%. I am the least patient person, and parenting has taught me so much in that space. So thank you for, for noting that. One of thing, of course, I was, you seem you seem so patient every time I interact with you, Aisha. <laughs> That's surprising to me. Oh no, I just I just play one on TV. In addition to patience, I would say finding time where time doesn't exist. Now I know that that sounds crazy. I went to law school and I thought that that was really going to challenge my ability to find time and sleep. I was an associate in a law firm and I thought that would challenge me. I got to tell you, it was really parenting that helped me to figure out how to make time in a 24-hour day that didn't exist before. And that really helps me quite a bit in my job now. It really has a deep impact. I feel like, you know, I have no idea what I did with my time before I had my first. (laughs) Same. (laughs) And even though I thought I was the busiest person in the world as an associate, the busiest person in the world as a law student, being a mother is really where it is. So I feel like my time management skills, which were pretty decent before, really amplified after becoming a mother. And those time management skills really helped me in my career. I'm really deeply organized and prioritize important things because at the end of the day, 
while I want to have the best career possible and I'm quite ambitious, I'm equally ambitious about being a good parent to my children. And I have to navigate that and figure that out. And being a parent has really helped me apply those skills in my job. I love that. We are indeed prioritization ninjas. And I love how you have coupled ambition with being a good parent. Often we think ambition is a word that belongs in the job bucket. But in fact, we can strive to be a dedicated parent in the same way that we strive to be a dedicated professional. What changes do you see happening in the field of professional development that also are affecting parents, even if they're not directly related to working parents? I would say flexibility across the board. I think, of course, we can't ignore um, the pandemic's impact on all industries, including professional development um, and you know, at law firms. You know, we all work at these institutions in various roles. But the impact of the policies and rules apply equally, regardless of what role we have, whether you're an associate, whether you're in professional development, human resources, business development. So I think that the acknowledgement of flexibility in some capacity, and I understand some organizations may be retracting, but the mindset has changed a little, right? There are people who previously would never have a conversation around flexibility, remote work for everyone who will now at least come to the table and have those conversations. And I think that that really has an impact. It has an impact on everyone, but I often remind people of the impact that it has on parents, the impact of being able to throw a load of laundry in and get to work, right? And how it frees you up to be excellent at what you do, both as a parent and both as a working professional, is a conversation that I think never happened before. In addition, I think the acknowledgement of working parent groups as resource groups is another space that I think is very new. When I was a parent at a law firm, the notion of a working group to talk about being a parent, you know what group that was? That was the women's group, which is unfair because all of a sudden now men are not parents. We're all parents, right? So the acknowledgement that parenting is a conversation we can have in our organizations and being able to talk about that that space in that realm, that's completely new. And I think it's been a wonderful experience and a wonderful way to acknowledge that parenting has a direct impact on our work and that work has a direct impact on our parenting. I totally agree with you, Aisha. I think that in addition to all of the impact that the hybrid environment, the remote environment, the pandemic has had on our industry. I also see some of these kind of societal shifts that you're referencing with the recognition of two parents in this situation, that it's not just moms who have to deal with return to work issues or raising children. I have noticed also in my time and and certainly just in the past, you know, 15 years, a serious shift in the way people think about being a working parent and what that means, how much it should or could or can impact your overall life as an employee. I think that there have been a real sharp increases in the number of dual working households in the past, what, 20, 30 years. 
and a lot less of the expectation that if you're, you can be either or a parent or an employee, you can be a great worker or a great parent. And I think that has been the biggest kind of shift that I've noticed, especially in law firms, which tend to be a little bit slower to to change than the rest of society. But I do see a major mindset shift or adjustment in how people view the importance and role of family in your ability to be successful in your career. Because at the end of the day, your success in your career is really dependent upon your fulfillment, joy, and happiness in your personal life. They tend to kind of go together. And when you can have both, you actually can rise higher than if you didn't. I think that that view has become more mainstream and more accepted than it was historically. If you could see my face right now, you'd see like this gigantic smile, which I've been, you know, here just glowing for the past (laughs) couple of minutes, listening to both of you talk. I just, I love that we've, we are coming to a place where we're normalizing the conversations about family in the workplace. I also just want to throw out a word that I love or a phrase that I love. I don't know if coined by, but definitely researched about by Dr. Yael Schoenbrunn at Brown and it's work-life enrichment. And, you know, we talk so much about work-life conflict and how they're in tension with each other. And I think we're starting to come to an awareness that work can, in fact, enrich life and life can enrich work as well. Dr. Schoenbrunn wrote a wonderful book called Work, Parent, Thrive, 12 Science-Backed Strategies to Ditch Guilt, Manage Overwhelm, and Grow Connection. And I love the book. And I think it's like very much into that principle. So if you're into the idea of sharing all the ways that we can blend work and home in a way that help us to grow and thrive and succeed, I'd recommend it. Um, I also just want to celebrate your accomplishments, Aisha, in terms of building the working parent caregiver group at your firm. Um, I have noticed over the past, let's call it five to seven years, a massive increase in the number of these groups that have gotten off the ground. I'm a serial founder of these groups myself and wound up starting something called the Working Parent Group Network which is for the leaders of working parent and caregiver groups. If anyone's listening who is leading the charge or running one of these groups at your organization, feel free to connect with us. We have a Zoom call roughly monthly and an email list. You can go to www.mindfulreturn.com forward slash WPGN. Initially, I started that group because I wanted to find other people who are running working parent and caregiver groups. And maybe there were a dozen of us and we just share some ideas. And now there are like 270 people on the list. And so Aisha, thank you for the leadership that you're bringing to that space and for interacting and for your engagement with the Working Parent Group Network as well. I was going to say thank you so much because finding that group was really helpful. We started our Working Parent Group, um, ironically, in January 2020. So, you know, um, pre-pandemic. and Barely. (laughs) Yes. We didn't realize how much it would have been necessary. And, you know, I encourage everyone who might be leaders in this space, join the network. It's so helpful to hear what people are doing in all different kinds of industries. That's what I love most about it. It's not just legal. It's working parent networks everywhere. So it's really good and excellent resource. It's been wonderful for us. Wonderful. I I love the people in there. Yeah, it's government and for-profit and nonprofit and big companies and small companies and Really a way to, I think, help working parent and caregiver groups not recreate wheels and spark 
innovation and ideas within their groups. So before I do the wrap up questions, uh, I love what Stephanie's talking about in terms of how the role of family is really integrating into how we work and vice versa and how Aisha is talking about how we're all parents. We are all parents. We all have a role and responsibility in this and a wonderful opportunity. And there was something that Aisha had said earlier I wanted to go back to because now I'm curious. I'm really, really curious. Aisha was talking about how you think about time and how you prioritize and becoming a parent has allowed for you to even become better at that. So if I'm on a Sunday or a Monday and I'm in Aisha's mind, what's going on? What are you thinking about differently in terms of your own time and your own time management? And how are you approaching time differently than you had beforehand? So I'm thinking about my little people, right? There's something about opening up your mind to think about people who need your love and care that makes you prioritize. So that's what I'm thinking about. If you were in Aisha's mind, it would probably look like a Google calendar. And (laughs) it would be color-coded and highlighted and project managed shared with all of my family members who help with the care of our family. So I'm thinking about, okay, all of these meetings that I need to go to, who can be my deputy to handle some of them? One of the things that I did before becoming a parent is I would try to do everything. That's what overachiever Aisha would do. Time management Aisha says, you can't do everything. So you must trust others and find people that you're training to step into the spaces that you would normally be in, but that you can't be in because time is not there. I'm figuring out how can I, in advance of this meeting, send notes and talking points to make that meeting that much shorter? What can I send to someone in a calendar invite that lets them know what we're covering and what we're doing? Because this one-hour meeting can be 30 minutes. I'm really trying to strategically think about how I can use my time better by having others involved, by giving information, and I'm also prioritizing and cutting out some things. I can't do it all. And you know what? No is a complete sentence, and it's one that I have learned to use as a parent. Wow. No is a complete sentence. I love that. And I love how you're trusting others and your intentions in terms of how you think about either you do this yourself or you send somebody else and empower them uh, to do so. Stephanie, I saw a thumbs up from you. Uh, Anything that you'd like to add? I think that everything Aisha said is so spot on. Saving time where you can is crucial when you're a working parent. I also think that trusting others is it's true, not just for your work team, but also for your caregiving team. That was something that was really hard for me before I became a parent. I think everyone can relate to that first day daycare or nanny drop off where you have to leave your little baby. That is exactly when I felt my trust muscle learn to grow. And I think that now I'm much better equipped to provide the detail necessary to delegate effectively, to get things done in the way that I need them to be done to feel comfortable. 
versus historically feeling like it, it would be better for me to just do it so that I know that it happened in my way. I've released that kind of emphasis on control and instead emphasized the critical aspects of whatever it is, whether it's a work project or the ballet practice and making sure that the water bottle and all the things get to the practice with my daughter, whatever it is, emphasize what's important and let the other things go. That has been something that I have learned being a working parent that really has saved my sanity as well as my time. Talking about growth earlier, I love how you're talking, Stephanie, on how you have grown and both Aisha and you were talking about trust in different ways and how becoming a parent has allowed you to flex that trust muscle. So I think that's fantastic. So lightning round questions. Number one, best piece of advice for navigating life as a working parent. Number one book, number one piece of technology. I actually thought a lot about the advice and because I you receive so much advice as a new parent that it's hard sometimes to even have anything stick in your brain. But the one thing that really stuck with me, and I don't even remember who said this or when I they told me this, whether it was first or second child, I don't even know. The advice is there is no roadmap. So stop trying to look for the next way. I think that really resonates because parenting and your career, you can't always know what turn is the right turn to make, what decision is the right decision, or which activity to let go, which group to join. It's so many things. And every day you're faced with a barrage of decisions and you have to make them as you go. And you eventually get where you're going as long as you stay focused on your end goal of being a good parent, doing your best at your job, those kinds of things. So no route roadmap is the phrase that kind of sticks in my mind. The best book that I have read on parenting is How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. I really love this book because it gives really concrete examples of specific phrases and ways to open up conversation with your children. And lots of tidbits in there also have applied to my professional development career as well. Um, So really great read. In terms of technology, the one thing I'm not as advanced as Lori and Jason are with their scheduling and their awesome spreadsheets and things that they do. But the simple tools often for me work the best. So shared calendars. My husband and I share calendars on our iPhones, and we always know what the other one is handling. Again, they're color-coded. Aisha, like, love the color-coding as well. So color-coded calendars, for one for the kids, one for us personally, and one for work that we can all see on our phones, no matter where we are, have made my life much more manageable. Brilliant. And I love, you know, Aisha was giving you a heart on uh, shared calendars. Uh, and I and I love how you're using that as a tool to, you know, communicate within your family. And then also, as you're talking about your favorite book, you know, listening is a leadership skill, listening with your children, listening with the folks that you're uh, working with, and wholeheartedly on the no roadmap piece, both for you know, kids and professional. I was just recording a, a segment with the Association of Corporate Counsel on why what you want to be when you grow up is just a dumb question because there is no roadmap. And I, and I think that is some really wonderful advice. Aisha, same questions. 
Number one advice is perfect is the enemy of good. I'm talking to you, A-types. You, If you're always striving for perfection, it'll stump you. You won't press forward. Get the job done. Perfect is the enemy of good. Number two, I'm going to disappoint you all because I really don't like self-help books. I really don't like parenting books. They stress me out. So my recommendation for a book is read the book as a parent that you enjoy, that takes your mind away, that puts you in a fantasy world. I love dystopian fantasies that are trilogies and multi-layered thousand-page books that transport me to a whole different place to give me the space to be Aisha, the not parent. And my third tool, you already heard a little bit of it before, Google Suite. I love everything in the Google Suite. I love the calendar. I love the sheets. I love the Google Forms. I abuse it. So, you know, Google, send me some cash for this free advertisement. Seriously, we got to send uh, some cash through Aisha. And what, I want to stay on this dystopian fantasy uh, interest. Uh, where did that come from? And what was your latest one that you read that was enjoyable to you? And I, I love how you think about reading as an act of self-care and fun. I do know where it started. It started with Harry Potter. I actually, well, that's not dystopian, but the whole fantasy world. I actually struggled to have my first child. I had to go through rounds of IVF and I was in a state of depression. And someone gifted me the Harry Potter book. And it just put me in a space where I was not thinking about that all the time. And it made me happy because I got to transport myself into a world. And since then, I have always been interested in being in those worlds. The most recent one that I actually listened to because it was an audio book was Impact Winter about post-apocalyptic world where vampires take over. So that's that's kind of what I do. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love how these make you happy uh, and that you focus on your own happiness. And that has brought you into you being the best version of you. That's absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Aisha, for sharing. That's very special. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you, Aisha. Thank you, Stephanie, for sharing your stories and your wonderful advice with us. It resonated so much. Um, if you listen to this episode and you have a friend or a colleague who is in the professional development field, please, please share this episode and also the episode with the dads in professional development with them. Even if you just have a friend who's a working parent who could use some very wise working parent counsel, please send the episode over to them. Also, follow the Parents at Work episode so that you don't miss any of our upcoming sessions. And if you would take a minute to leave a review, that would mean a lot to us. Thank you again for joining today. Hope you'll stay tuned for future episodes. And if you're a working parent, remember, you got this. Bye, all. Bye.